Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Today I'm going to minister something, won't be long at all, but it's a message that has been stirring in my heart for at least 20-something years because I've always questioned it. Is anybody here saved? Can I see your hand? Can you throw up your other hand if you've missed it? Can you wave it if you missed it more than once or twice? Ooh, geez, look at here. Can you do cartwheels if you did it? <laughs> and while you're laughing, it's, it's a real serious note. Because since I've been saved, I have missed it big. More than once. And yet, every time, I've come out of it. And I have done some things, wrong things, that other people that I know done the same thing and they never recovered. I mean, they just lost their way and kept on going and they're still going the wrong way today. Yet I have engaged in some of the same things. Can't get no help now. Cried out to God, and He extends a hand of mercy and grace. And through all my theological study, I've always wondered how is it that Peter made it and Judas did not. Because everything Peter did, I did it. I may not have denied him verbally speaking out, but the things that I did, my actions, on many occasions denied that I knew Jesus. You wouldn't have known that I knew Jesus to be in the place where I was. You wouldn't believe that Jesus and I had a relationship if you saw some of the things I engaged in that were so ungodly. And I often wondered, how is it that Jesus rescued Peter? And why did he not rescue Judas? This is not my message, but if I was bold enough to do it today, I would uh, title my message, Are You the Bride or Are You the Harlot? Because they both go to church. And they both sing. And by their outward actions, they both look alike. But their hearts are different. 
And so today I thought I would be nice and preach something a little lighter hearted compared to last Sunday. And the title of my message today is You're Going to Make It. You would not have come this far if God had not predestined for you to make it. You've been sitting much too long. Would you please stand? Go to three people and tell them in the name of Jesus, you're going to make it. I don't care what it looked like, where you've been, what you've been through. Come on, tell them like you mean it. Hallelujah. Come on, tell them like you're calling them out of something. Whatever you're in that's not like God, I call you out of it today. You're going to make it. Whatever you're doing that's not pleasing to God, I call you away from it today. You're going to make it. I command discouragement. I command depression and oppression. I command it to get up off of you. You're going to make it in the name of Jesus. You're going to make it. going to make it. Come on, tell somebody else. You're going to make it. I don't care what it looks like. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, you're going to make it. 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 Come on, tell three people. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Come on, tell three people. Hey, Amen. Join my e-church. Tell yourself, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. going to make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With all the hell I've been through, I'm going to make it. With all the things I've done wrong, I'm still going to make it. The Lord has made a way for me. He's made a way out of no way for me. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to finish my race. I'm going to finish my course. I'm going to hear the master say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You're going to make it. Somebody needed to hear that. <laughs> Somebody got snatched out of the devil's hands just by that confession. Glory to God. Give me nugget, uh, nugget number one. I think we got three or four this morning, and uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be re released shortly. Maybe not, but it sounds good. Amen. Ready, number one. Ready, read. Jesus Christ is our great intercessor. Jesus. Jesus Christ is our great intercessor. We'll deal with that later. It just simply means that he's praying for you. 
Nugget number two. Did you bring your shouting clothes? Amen. If if you didn't, go home real quick and change and bring something, put on something you can shout in. Nugget number two. Rather lengthy, but I think it'll minister to you. Ready? Read. The Lord knows when you're moving, you haven't done it yet. (laughs) Jesus, you're not even there yet to do it, but you're moving that way. Oh, God. I I mean, you're you're not at the destination where you're going to do wrong, but you're about 50 miles away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're just in Atlanta ready to, you know, waiting on the next plane to catch to the city you're going to. No, no you're not in Jacksonville, but you're in Atlanta waiting on your connection. And God knows before you get there to do wrong. Come on, you had your hands up earlier signifying that you've done wrong. I'm just simply saying before you got there to do it. The Lord knew when you were moving to the place of failure. Anybody ever stumbled? He knew that you were moving to the place of stumbling. I can't tell you how many times I was on my way to do wrong and talking to God at the same time. God, I know you don't want me to do it. Still driving the wrong place. Ain't nobody honest in here but me and two babies, and they don't know what I'm saying. The Lord knows when you are moving toward the place of failure. While you're sitting here and I'm preaching, the Lord already knows you backing up. Pastor, I'm with you, but the Lord knows your heart is no longer here. It's just, uh, you haven't left yet, but, but you're heading that way. Ain't nobody saying nothing. L- nugget number three. Nugget number three. You may, come on. Jesus. See, you ought to shout that you're still here because you're not here because you never failed him. You're here today because Jesus prayed for you that your faith would fail not. You failed, but your faith didn't. Good God of mercy. Nugget number four. Nugget number four. Come on, read like you can read. Come on, read it like you can read. You see, if you've been tested, you can help the person you're sitting next to. Oh, if you've ever failed, if you've ever made a mistake, if you've ever had a test and you failed it, see, it doesn't disqualify you to help somebody even if you failed the test. If you pass the test, you can help them. If you fail the test, come on, talk to me. 
the mere fact that you have taken some tests qualifies you to help somebody else. Good God of mercy. Oh, Jesus. There's some tests I passed, and I can help people. And there's some tests I failed more than once. But I can still help people that even if they failed the test, that God's grace is sufficient. Let me back up and teach this. Let's go to the only Gentile writer in the Holy Writ, chapter number 22. The only Gentile writer out of all of the 66 books, which were Jewish men, perhaps, but one was a Gentile. As a matter of fact, he was a doctor. And uh, on his door, it says, Dr. Luke. And let's go to verse number 31. Luke 22, verse 31. Help me, Holy Spirit, to do this. I, I've got Mark's little, little, little doodads on my Bible of the tears because as the Spirit of the Lord was ministering to me, I began to realize how merciful God has been to me. And I don't stand here as a pastor because I'm good. I stand here as a pastor because he's good. I don't stand here behind this podium because I've done everything right. That's why you're wrong to walk out when I make a mistake as though you've never made one. The Lord has blessed you 99 ways through my life and I make one mistake and you cancel me. I wonder how many times would you have canceled yourself if you held yourself to the same standard you hold me to. Jesus, preach boy. Are you in Luke chapter 22? Let's look together at verse number 31. And the Lord said, Steve, I mean, I'm sorry. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked of you that he may sift you as wheat. Well, I don't believe that Satan asked for Simon, didn't ask for you. Oh, Jesus. And apparently, not only did Satan ask for Simon, but it's clear from the Holy Writ that he would have got him. That he asked for him and he would have had him. But Jesus, somebody say, but Jesus. And Satan has asked for you, and I believe he would have you today. But Jesus. I, I know he would have had me because I wasn't praying like I should have. Because if I had been praying like I should have, I wouldn't have been doing what I was doing. And if I'd have been pressing in with God like I should have pressed in with God, I wouldn't have been thinking the way I was thinking. 
that ultimately got me in trouble. But somehow I got out of it, and it wasn't because I was praying. Can we just take about 10 seconds and just praise God and thank him that you made it because he prayed for you? It wasn't because of you, but God prayed for you. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. 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 Yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah, glory to God. Yeah, so, so, so. So don't sit up here and try to act cute. You're not impressing me trying to act like you're so sanctified. Sometimes the most sanctified acting people are the biggest devils. They're hateful and unforgiving and judgmental. But thank God we're here today because of a great intercessor named Jesus. Come on, man. Glory to God. Please, now, now have a seat. Let's, let, let's look at, now, now notice, Jesus said, Steve, put your name in there. And the Lord said, Steve, indeed Satan has asked for you he did that he may sift you Steve destroy you burn you up like wheat verse 32 you ready but I have prayed for you Satan wanted you but I prayed that's why you came out of that trouble because God prayed That's why you came out of that impossible situation because God prayed. That's why you were in something and there was no way for you to get out on your own, but somehow you came out of it. That's because God prayed. Good God of mercy. But I have prayed for you, Steve, that your faith should not fail. And when you have Return to me. Strengthen. Listen to it in the NLT, the New Living Translation. Verse 32. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Steve, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented, God of mercy. So when you have repented and turned to me again, God, strengthen your brothers. Man, I could, I could just, I could just have a time right here because even though Peter was going to make an atrocious mistake. God said, I prayed for you that when you come to a place of repentance, so God knew that he was going to fail and he also knew that he was going to repent. 
And then he says, when you repent, that I want you to go and strengthen your brethren. Now, you know the story. We don't have time. We just don't have time to go through it. Peter rebukes Jesus. Now, Jesus just told Peter, Simon, Satan desired to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith fell not. And Peter, Simon, rebukes Jesus. Not so, Lord. I'm ready to die. If anybody turned their back on you, Pastor Hal, I'm with you. If everybody leaves, I'm by your side. I mean, I know you're a man of God. And they don't say God, God. <laughs> and then Jesus says to Peter, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me. Three times. I was fighting tears because I can think of over my life's journey of how many times I've denied Jesus. Out somewhere in a club. I know what I, that just shows you how long it's been since I've been in the club. See, if I was doing something modern, you would know I was there Saturday night. <laughs> but every now and then I would go somewhere trying to fit in and somebody would look at me and say, what, what, what are you doing here? And sometimes it would be a stranger. And I would try to rationalize it away and, and say they're drunk. But they don't know me. And why are they singling me out with all these folk in this place? And why do they have to tell me that I don't belong here? That I don't fit? There's something about you. I don't know everything, but there's, man, I, man God's got his hand on you. And, and how does God have his hand on me and I'm in a nightclub? Because if it's on you, he doesn't take it off. You, you, you've been branded. Ooh, Jesus. I said you've been branded. Tell somebody, I've been branded. Everybody in the club, and God called you out. You got a family full of people, but you're the one that God snatched out because you've been branded. Could God have mercy. And so Jesus says, but I have pleaded in prayer for you. In other words, Jesus said, I didn't just pray. I didn't just do a little dab of do you. But I pleaded with the Father. He wasn't praying to the devil. He was pleading with the Father. Because at this juncture, Jesus had not shed his blood yet. But he's putting the Father in remembrance that I'm praying for this boy because of the blood that I'm going to shed later. And they're going to kill me 
And on the third day, I'm going to get up and pour my blood out on the mercy seat of Almighty God. And that blood, I'm claiming Peter. God of mercy. So the Lord is speaking about a time when Peter would have had a change of heart and mind and his faith, his faith would be increased. The Lord knew Peter would deny him. That's why I love him. Because how could you know all the stuff that I didn't know till I did it? I didn't even know it was in me to do that. And I did it. Guilty as charged. But you knew what I was going to do before you saved me. And why did you save me? Why didn't you wait until I was through with that? Why did you save me when you saved me knowing I was going to do that? Knowing that I was going to say that? Knowing that I was going to go there? And even in spite of you knowing that, you loved me so much that when I cried out for you, you saved me. And after you so wonderfully saved me, and I was so broken and committed to you, I didn't have a clue that that was still in me to do. Yet you knew it and still loved me. I'm just preaching to myself because I know you've been walking the straight line ever since you said I do. But Jesus knew that Peter would deny him. And yet Jesus said, I have prayed for you that thy faith fail not. Your nugget number two stated that the Lord knew or he knows when you are moving toward a place of failure and stumbling. <laughs> Not only does the Lord know, if you're married, your wife does too. They didn't catch that, did they, Jesus? But the Lord knew when we were moving toward a place of failure and stumbling. So he has already prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Get, get, get this. He did not say that you would not fail. <laughs> he did not say that he prayed that you would not fail. Because if he prayed that you would not fail, then it's clear his prayer didn't work. Okay, this, where's the honest side? He did not say that he prayed that you would not fail. Because if he prayed that you would not fail, then it's clear that his prayer did not work. 
for somebody to get the revelation on this. He did not pray that you would not fail. He prayed that your faith would not fail. That's why you're still sitting here. This ought to help somebody. He, he prayed that your stay with me now, because this is not for everybody. He prayed that your faith would not fail. It's clear it's not for everybody. Because if it was for everybody, it would have worked for Judas. I prayed that your faith fell not. Who are the ones that Jesus prayed for? That's the question. Because he didn't pray for everybody. I'm going to show you in a minute. Jesus didn't pray for everybody. <clears throat> if he did, it would have worked for Judas. He said, I prayed for you that your faith fell not. I need to know who did you pray for? And am I one of them? Because I can sit in church and not be one of them. C come on now. Don't tell me you can't sit in church and not be one of them. Judas was one of the apostles. Judas was one of the disciples. And Jesus didn't pray for him. Judas walked with him for three years or so. And there's a difference between Judas and Simon Peter that determined who Jesus would pray for and who he would not pray for, God. So when he said, I prayed that your faith fell not, who was he praying for? He was praying for those who the Father had given him. And the Father have not given Jesus everybody in the world. Can I help you? You can't read anywhere in the Bible where it says that Jesus prayed for the world. He died for the world, but he didn't pray for the world. And I want to know, while I'm shouting and dancing, am I one of them that he's prayed for? Don't let me sit up here and play church and miss heaven, thinking that I belong to Jesus and I don't belong to him at all. Because the Bible says at that day, many are going to come to him and say, Lord, Lord, we cast out devils in your name. 
And Jesus replied, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. Don't let me sit in church and be religious and you don't know me. Don't let me say, I know you, but you don't know me. Don't let me sit around you, Jesus, as faithful as Judas sat around you. Oh, God. Is this good? Jesus said, I pray that your faith fail not. And the reason you and I are going to make it is because Jesus has prayed for us. Real quick, this is a little sidebar. Let's go to Hebrews 7. Are you learning anything? It, it's sobering, isn't it? Isn't it? I said it's sobering, isn't it? Ooh, Jesus. Could it be the reason you're always late to church? No, no. It's, it's clear you're not excited about coming. Because anything we're excited about, we, 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 I mean, we there. Don't want to miss nothing. And just think with me for a moment. If Jesus responds to you like you respond to him, what kind of relationship would y'all have? If Jesus was only committed to the degree that you were committed to him, what kind of relationship would you all have? They're getting quiet in the church. Because you, if you're not careful, you can sit here and sing all the songs. And you can do all of the physical gyrations. But none of those are a clear indication that you belong to him. Judas was in the service. And whatever went on in the service, it's clear that it did not affect Judas's heart. Are you listening to me? I can say that, but I'll leave that alone. Are you in Hebrews 7? All right, act like you're there. Hebrews chapter 7, look at verse 25. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Since he always lives. Yeah, Jesus is alive. He's not dead. Since he always lived. Yeah, Jesus is alive. He's not dead. Since he always lives. And he don't just live. He lives to make intercession for them. For them. Them who? Who is Jesus 
Make an intercession for. Intercession just simply means that you're pleading on behalf of another. You're standing in the gap for somebody else. So it's clear Jesus is not praying for himself. He's praying for them. Who are the them? Because the them is not the world. The them are those who belong to him. And one of the signs, say one of the signs. One of the signs that a person belongs to him is that they love him. And when they miss it, and they do, but I mean, man, it hurts their heart that they have hurt the one they love. That's why they're quick to repent. Oh, God, I just yielded. I mean, I just got weak in the flesh, and I had done something that I know I didn't need to do. God, God, forgive me. They're quick to repent. Why? Because they belong to him. And when they displease him, it hurts their heart. I'm going to say something right here. It's not in my message, but I've noticed something. I will share with my wife in 30-something years that I've been a pastor and talking to other great leaders around the nation. I'll be with perhaps one of the greatest leaders in just a few days. I notice people who hold unforgiveness in their hearts. Or people, it's difficult for them to forgive. In other words, they can hold stuff a long time. I notice that they're strained. And got quiet. I've noticed, don't, don't, I'm not talking about you. But I've noticed in being a pastor that people who hold stuff, it seems as though by observation that them holding unforgiveness opens a door for Satan to play with their minds. And I've come to discover that many times people who have mental challenges also have a problem or issue forgiving. So in their unforgiveness, hear th- they hear things that were not even said. Because you don't hear with your ears no more than you see with your eyes. You hear and see with your mind. So if I'm holding unforgiveness in my heart toward you, when you say something, I don't hear you like a person who don't have any offense toward you. And I also notice even in a marriage, the marriages that have the most difficult time making it, is one of the parties or both of them struggle with forgiveness. They're not quick to forgive. And when you're not quick to forgive, God says, I can't hear you when you pray. So when you have unforgiveness in your heart, you don't have any business praying. You just need to forgive. But I notice people observation that people who are quick to forgive they're happier i just notice just an observation that people who are quick to forgive they're easier to be around they're more pleasant and they're healthier 
and they're healthier. And they're healthier, not only physically, but mentally. That's why as a believer, you shouldn't have anything in your heart against anybody. In a few days, I will be 70 years old. You can play me. But I'll be 70 years old. And I can still run around this building. And catch you on the halfway mark. Are you listening to me? And you know I don't dye my hair. My scalp would be black. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I believe the greatest factor into me looking the way I look when I talk to my high school friends is that I made it a duty to not hold anything in my heart against anybody. If I did, I never would have brought my mother from Columbus, Ohio to Kansas City who did not raise me and bought her a car every time she needed one. If I had something in my heart against her, if I was mad at somebody talking about me or an ex-member that I'm upset that they left, it would affect me, not only my mind, but my physical body. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. And I just want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who's sitting on the throne of God at the right hand of the Father, that he blessed me with a wife who doesn't hold things in her heart as well so that we can have peace in our marriage and peace in our home. Because I've done some stuff, but the girl found it in her heart to forgive me. I've done some stuff. Don't look at me funny. You've done some stuff too. I'm not talking about bad stuff. There you go. There you go. But when you're unforgiving, I mean, you can hold something against somebody for squeezing the toothpaste wrong. Come on, you married folk know what I'm talking about. It don't take much. Just, you know, you don't have your shoes parked where they're supposed to be parked. I mean, married folk can fall out over all kinds of stuff. Make your side of the bed. We can find something to fall out anything. Now, let's close out now. I got you where I want you. You got enough laughter in to take this. Laughter doing good like a medicine. Now take this castor oil that I'm about to give you. <laughs> Somebody said, no, sir, no, sir. Look at John 17. John 17, so I can clear what I've said today. So you won't go out of here saying that I'm preaching heresy. John chapter 17, verse number nine. Ready? Read. Now notice we just we notice we just we just read in Hebrews chapter seven verse twenty five that he talked about he prayed for them. Yes. Now now look at verse. What did I say? Verse what? V verse number nine. I pray for them. I pray for them. 
nudge your neighbor. Say, are you one of them? Nudge your other neighbor. Say, 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 are you one of them? Come on, come on, look at him again. Say, are you sure you're one of them? You're not just religious, but you're one of them? I pray for them. Oh, here we go. I do not pray for this world. <clears throat> but, he's going to clarify now who, who he's prayed for. You're going to find out if it's you or not. And if it's not you, it can be you. But, for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. So Jesus said, I'm only authorized to pray for those that the Father has given me. He didn't give me the whole world. Now, I died for the world, but out of the world, there are some predestined people that the Father said, you're not going to die in vain, but you're going to die for them and those that you're going to pray for. Amen. And then Jesus later on says to the Father, Father, those that you gave me. He said to the Father, he said, I lost none of them. Good God of mercy. That's why when you fell, you got back up. That's when it looked like it was impossible, you still came out. Other folk are still in the grave, but you came up out of it. Because you belong to him. High five two people and say, I belong to him. I belong to him. Good God of mercy. Is there anybody happy today that you're here today because Jesus prayed for you? Please, please have a seat. Come on, we just got 10 minutes. We got 10 minutes. Please, please. So he says, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world. But he prays for his own, that they will be kept while they're in the world. That's why I love him. So you can't compare me to somebody else who did what I did and they didn't make it. Ooh, Jesus. They didn't make it because they belonged to the devil. I did the same thing. But I came out of it because of good God of mercy. Because I belong to him. And Jesus said to the Father, everyone that you gave me. They made mistakes, but I prayed for them. They stumbled, but I prayed for them. They made mistakes. But I prayed for them that their faith yes. 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 
Good God of mercy. What a picture of love. I said, what a picture of God's love. And we know the story. Peter was later able to strengthen his brethren. And then your last nugget talked about if you've been tested. Anybody here made some mistakes? Anybody been tested and failed? Now you qualify to help somebody. Now you qualify to help somebody. Well, who can I help? Whatever God delivered you from. Go back and help those who are having the same issue you were having with the same issue. The best person to minister to a drug addict is a person who's an ex-drug addict. Delivered by the power of God. Are you all listening to me? First Peter chapter 5. We're going to finish. Because if I don't give you some how-to's, you'll go out here shouting, and then the devil will bust you upside your head, and then you'll wonder what hit you. First Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5. I'm going to say this. Because some of you are dealing with the same situation. You can raise your children to uh, conduct themselves in a certain way. And this world system is fully engaged in undoing everything godly that you've imparted to your children. I think I shared with you last Sunday, I almost didn't want to repeat it again because it's so diabolical. But the United Nations convened and came to the conclusion that it will no longer be a crime for adults to have sex with minors. It's crazy. But if those of you have been around here a while, I told you about these things over 10 or 15 years ago when, when, when finally this country had become desensitized to abortion. And I said this country because the church don't say anything. And I mean, they're killing babies. That's, that's murder. I said, that's murder. And the Bible talks about no murder has any inheritance with the kingdom. That's murder. And, and the church doesn't say anything. But, but I, you know, I, particularly now I'm almost 70, I'm real concerned. In a few more days, I'll be 70 years old. I'm highly concerned now because I know any society that is okay with killing babies who have not lived certainly won't have a problem eventually passing laws that will make it okay and legal to put senior citizens to sleep. So sometimes when I go to purchase something and they say, are you a senior citizen? Sometimes I get nervous. You know, you're buying a ticket to the movie and they say, are you a senior citizen? Uh, uh, I'm a veteran. <laughs> you know, I say that because I know everybody's going to get 10%. But look at this in closing. You're in 1 Peter chapter 5. Look, look at, look, you got to look at this because we're talking about the same Peter. The same Peter who denied Jesus. 
but he was restored. Now Peter is giving commentary to the church about how to walk this walk of faith. And look at him in verse number eight. He says, now to be successful, those of you who are called, you must be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may. How did he know that? I said, how did Peter know this? He knew this from the teachings of Jesus. Satan has desired, Simon Peter, to sift you as wheat. And Peter had enough understanding to know that if the devil wanted him, he wants you. And while you're playing church, the devil wants you. And there's a reason why you're playing. I'm going to say it. There's a reason why you're late every Sunday. There's a reason why you're late every Sunday. If this place was your job, you would be fired. And if promotions were given out, you would never experience one. Just like God moved in this place on Wednesday, he moved. And every marriage left out of here better from the word and the spirit from Wednesday. And you weren't here. And I don't care what you were doing. It wasn't more important than what God did in this space on Wednesday. And I don't want to hear your excuse. Are you all listening to me? My wife and I, we were talking. We raised our children to put God first. Matter of fact, my children didn't even participate in sports. They participated, but it was never at the expense of God. And I told the coaches, on Wednesday, my children go to Bible study. On Sundays, my children go to church. <laughs> and I know, don't get mad at me. I'm just saying for those of you who are participating in things on Sundays with your children, so you haven't lived long enough. But this thing started years ago before you ever had your children. Satan was working on this thing. Because there used to be a time on Sundays, Christians didn't participate in anything on Sundays. And the National Football League stated, said we stole Sunday from the church. But they didn't start out, come on, mother and dad, you know what I'm talking about. They didn't start out having games on Sundays for kids. They started out having a practice every now and then on Saturdays. And then 
Come time, you know, maybe a team is doing real good. Maybe they're going to go to the districts or something like that. And the coach would call a special practice in the afternoon on a Sunday. Practice. Say practice. They used to every now and then have a on Sundays. Now today, they have the game. Instead of your child in church learning about God, they're learning how to kick a ball or shoot a ball. And you don't think it means anything because you've been seduced. You've been deceived. You're no longer sober and you're no longer vigilant. And subliminally, you're teaching your children by priorities. Who's first? Then you have the nerve to take them to a game on Sunday to play, but you've never spent a day with them in the bedroom praying. You take them to a game, but you never get on your knees at night with your children and teach them how to pray. You teach them how to play, but you don't teach them how to pray. P-R-A-Y. And then you're in hopes one day that they'll grow up and love God. How can they when you've taught them that God is not first? I know it's getting quiet. So my wife said, how is this? I said, because the world have sucked the church in. And if you're not careful, athletics have become an idol worship. Because it will literally take all of your time. And you'll look up one day, you know more about basketball, football, and baseball, and bowling, and soccer uh, statistics than you know scripture. And it got quiet. I'm not telling you to take your kids off a team. Don't go out here and say that. I'm just saying you need to be sober. And you need to be vigilant. Listen, you can be sober and not vigilant. But you cannot be vigilant and not sober. To be sober is just simply to be watchful. But to be vigilant is to do something about it. Good God of mercy. When a person is not sober, their vision is impaired. Their judgment is impaired. Their ability to walk straight is impaired. I grew up with an alcoholic father. Uh, he drank wine all the time, him and his buddies. And every now and then they would, they would drink liquor. Anybody ever seen a drunk man? Anybody ever seen a drunk, wa- drunk man? And I've seen them both. There's nothing worse than seeing a drunk man than seeing a drunk woman. But at any rate, uh, most of you seen a drunk man? Have <laughs> seen a drunk man? And sometimes, you know, they're dry. Boy, some of y'all looking guilty. But... <clears throat> 
but, but sometimes they'll do things that they really don't have uh, the senses to do it, but they're drunk. And have you ever seen a drunk person? Anybody seen? You, you ever notice they can't walk straight? Their, 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 their words are, their, their verbiage is slurred. Uh, their vision is, is compromised because they're drunk. Anybody ever seen a drunk person? So if you're not sober, you're drunk. You're one or the other. The amazing thing about a drunk person is everybody knows that they're drunk but them. Oh, give, give me my key. I'm, I, and get in a car in the back seat. And some of you have lived this. Where are my keys? And you hid them from your daddy or your mother or your husband or your wife. You hid it because you realize they're drunk and their vision is impaired. And so Peter is telling you and I as Christians to be sober, to be vigilant. Why? Because if you allow this world system to get you intoxicated, it will slowly but surely draw you away from the things of God. And you will say that you're okay. That's why you need gatekeepers to tell you, honey, I won't say you're drunk because you're getting mad, but you're high. Okay, you don't like how, you're tipsy. Oh, you don't like that? You don't need to drive. Let me take you. Why? Because you're not sober. I wonder, is there anybody in this room that Apostle Peter is talking to, that you have become intoxicated in this world system, so much so that we cannot tell you any different from the world. You do what they do, you go where they go, and you talk like they talk. And you're as faithful to it as they are. You get there before they get there. And today, you realize, like Peter, Jesus said, I pray for you, Peter, that when you come to the place where you repent, Jesus, then you've come to that place where I can restore you and put you in your rightful place. Heads are bowed now. Eyes are closed. This is it. Because there's somebody in this room, somebody watching all around the world. You've been doing all kind of wayward things, but this message has, 
I mean, it has rung your bell where you realize I've been doing wrong, but there's something in me that tells me that I belong to Jesus. I've been saying the wrong thing. I've been doing the wrong thing. But there's something about this message today. I just feel like, like God is throwing me a lifeline. That right in the midst of this chaos, I can hear the voice of the Lord saying, you belong to me. You belong to me. You belong to me. You don't belong where you are. You belong to me. You're not supposed to be doing that. You belong to me. I didn't bring you into this world for you to do what you're doing. You belong to me. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.